You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. The formula is simple. Seahawks got to win. Green Bay's got to lose. And the Seahawks will be back in the playoffs for the second consecutive year. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk as the Seahawks getting ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals, hoping to rebound from a tough loss at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said, the formula is very simple. But this is a team in the Arizona Cardinals that is no joke playing a really good football the last couple weeks. So let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it. What's on tap? What's on tap? Don't be fooled by the record bump. Four and 12, last place in the NFC West. But these guys are playing some decent ball. Won two of their last four games. Things started off brutal for them, man. I mean, they started off two and 10 with a lot of brutal loss in there. They did beat the Cowboys one of those games. And then... Kyler Murray eventually came back, but they they beat the Steelers, team the Seahawks just lost to. They lost to the 49ers somewhat competitively. They lost to the Bears, who were hoping the Bears can do us a solve this week. And they went down to Philly and beat the Eagles. So, Bump, tell me about what's going on in Arizona. Jonathan Gannon looked like he's trying to turn things around there And uh, after that 2-10 and 10 start. Yeah, well, uh, Cardinals went down to the Eagles, and it looked like uh, it was going to be a route in the first half, man, for the home team. Eagles led 21 to 6 at halftime, but uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, man, they would not go down easy. The Cardinals scored touchdowns on all four of their second half possessions, including the game winning seven play, 70 yard drive in with a James Conner running touchdown from two yards out. Conner's playing some good football right now. Kyler was, uh, he was efficient 21 to 31, three touchdowns, one interception. Conner ran for 128 yards on 26 carries and one touchdown. He had one receiving touchdown as well. And Greg Dorch, man, he led all receivers with 82 yards and seven receptions. On the other side, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts was 18 to 23 for 167 and three touchdowns, one interception. His interception. And on the last play of the game on a Hail Mary attempt, um, it was picked off by our former safety, Joey Blum, Big Ups, Virginia. A.J. Brown had a quiet day, 53 yards and four receptions, and the Eagles have now lost four of their last five. They are slipping towards the end of the season and uh, gave the Cardinals uh, some um, some uh, some liquid courage, I want to say, back in our day, we would call it. But it's, yeah. uh, it's called football courage. They're playing some good ball, man. This is, uh, this is a good football team right now. It is a good football team right now. And just one thing on the Eagles, um, they made a change at defensive coordinator, our guy Sean Desai, who was out in Seattle for a year, and they switched out the play calling duties to Matt Patricia, and then they still gave up 35 points. Right. I'm just it saying. I'm just saying. it's not. I don't think it's Desai. I just want to throw it, that out there. You know what I mean? But, no, these Cardinals, man, bump, they are playing really well. And when you look at this head-to-head comparison, they do some things. There's a lot of similarities between the teams and where they rank offensively and defensively. But what jumps out to me, Bump, right now for the Cardinals is they can run the rock. They're sixth in the NFL rushing, averaging 134 yards per game. The Seahawks are 29th in the NFL, averaging just 90 yards per game. So that's definitely the thing we're going to keep an eye on. In terms of overall offense, the Cardinals are 24th in the league, averaging 315 yards per game. The Seahawks are 20th, averaging 322 yards per game. 
When it comes to passing offense, this is what the Cardinals struggle at. They are 29th in the league, averaging 180 yards per game. The Seahawks, mind you, are a little bit more middle of the pack. They are 14th in the league, averaging 232 yards per game. When it comes to points per game on offense, Seahawks averaging 21 points. That's tied for 17th in the league. And the Cardinals just behind them at 19.4 per game. That's good for 24th in the league. So very similar offensively. The Seahawks a little bit better in most categories. But what really jumps out is how they are able to run the rocks. We'll definitely get into their running game and James Conner a little bit later. But uh, that's what scares me, number one, about these Cardinals bump. Yeah, man, uh, defensively, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're in the same boat. 27th overall for the Seahawks, 26th overall for the Cardinals. Rush defense, the Hawks are 30th. Cardinals are 32nd. Pass defense, the Hawks are 19th. The Cardinals are 13th. Uh, points allowed per game, the Hawks are 24th, and the Cardinals are 31st. Time of possession is about the same, 26 minutes per game to 28 for the Cardinals. Look at um, sacks 38 times. Geno Smith has been, Andrew, throw Drew in there. And uh, the Cardinals QBs have been sacked 41 times. But the Hawks get after the quarterback a bit more. They got 46 sacks to so their 33, and both have 11 interceptions apiece. So um, on paper, teams are about the same, which you're right, man. Kyler Murray is back. Um, James Conner had a good game. Um, so uh, you got some things to do. Yeah. The Cardinals, if you if you think for a second the Seahawks are overlooking this team, uh, you're crazy because they're not only playing good football, but the Seahawks are in a position where it doesn't matter what your records say. It's all about winning the game. So that's what they got to focus on coming into this weekend. But these teams, being in the same division, have a lot of history. Let's learn about it. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 26-22-1 to in one and have won five of their last six meetings. Last game this year, earlier this year in week seven, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 20 to 10 at Lumen Field. This game, it felt like the Seahawks were in control from start to finish, despite how close the score was. Didn't really feel like the Cardinals really had an opportunity to win this game. This was when DK Metcalf missed his first game of his career, but the youngins stepped up to help him out. JSN and Jake Bobo each had four receptions. JSN had 63 yards and a touchdown. Bobo had 61 yards and a touchdown. He also had that crazy good touchdown in the backcourt of the end zone on the right-hand side on the Seahawks sideline. That was one of the better catches in the league this year. That was kind of the peak of Bobo mania this year. So shout out Jake Bobo. Go to his website, get his t-shirts. It's a little shameless plug for you, Jake. There you go. But uh, yeah, the Hawks were up 14-10 at halftime and then shut the Cardinals out in the second half. Seahawks had some good drives, but stalled out in the red zone, only added two field goals to hold on for the 20 to 10 victory. Ken Walker had his best game of the season, rushed for 105 yards on 26 carries. That is shockingly his only 100 yard game of the season. And if you would have told me in week 18 that we'd be saying that, I would have told you you're a liar, but it is what it is. So I'm hoping to see more of that from Ken this weekend. And defensively, Jordan Brooks probably had his best game of the season. He was flying around that day. Nine tackles, half a sack, three TFLs, one pass defended, one QB hit. And then at quarterback, Kyler Murray did not play in that game. Joshua Dobbs, who's now in the Vikings, was the starter at quarterback. He was 19 of 33, 146, also had 43 yards in seven on seven carries and that one long touchdown. So this will be a little bit different matchup. The Vikings, or excuse me, the Cardinals were playing with a lot more confidence. Different quarterbacks, so we'll see what happens. But before we get there, let's check out what happened in the rest of the division. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West? On Hawk Talk. 
Niners at the top of the division at 12 and 4. The Rams are 9 and 7. Hawks 8 and 8. And the Cardinals are 4 and 12. The Niners have clinched the NFC West as well as the number one seed in the NFC. So they'll get a first round bye. The Rams have also clinched the second wild card spot, the number six seed in the NFC. But the Hawks are still alive. They can clinch the number seven seed and the final spot with a win over the Cardinals and a loss by the Packers. But let's look at. The 49ers and the Commanders last week, man. The 49ers got back on track Sunday. They took down the Commanders. The Niners got touchdown catches from Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and a rushing touchdown from Elijah Mitchell. Purdy, uh, who was coming off a horrible game where he threw four interceptions. It was a humbling loss to Baltimore. He was 22-28, 230, and two touchdowns. He's back on track with those 230 yards now, 4,280 on the season. Brock Purdy, he didn't break Joe Montana's record. He didn't break Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith. Uh, no, he broke Jeff Garcia's single-season franchise record of 4,278 yards set in 2,000. That is crazy to me. Big ups to Brock Purdy, but I thought Joe Montana, maybe Kaepernick, Alex Smith, several other quarterbacks who could have uh, held that record. But uh, Jeff Garcia, man, he was actually a, a good quarterback in this league. Uh, Chris McCaffrey had 91 scrimmage yards before leaving the game with a calf injury. So we expect him to probably sit this week yeah. for the— the Niners. The Commanders tried to make it interesting, though, uh, trailing by just three at halftime, but were shut out in the second half as they failed by a score of 27 to 10. The Commanders have now lost seven games in a row and might now be in line for the number two pick in the draft next year. Something tells me the enemy is going to want to get himself a quarterback. I think so. And everyone, I mean, it's crazy, though, when the Seahawks played them, whatever week that was, I think it was week 10 or something, everyone was talking about how good Sam Howell had been. And how they found something. They found a diamond in the rough. He's going to be the next QB of this team. And, man, when it rains and pours in this league and things have gone south for Mr. Sam Howell. Elsewhere in the division, the Rams and the Giants. This one was a frustrating watch as we were kind of following along in the press box on Sunday. The Rams punched their ticket to the playoffs in dramatic fashion against those Giants. It was a back-and-forth matchup all afternoon. But things really got interesting in the fourth quarter. Rams were up 26-19. to they punt to Gunner Olozowitski. Don't know how to say his name. Sorry about that. He took it 94 yards to the house for a touchdown, one of the improbable punt returns bump. We don't see that in the league very often this year. Oh. So for it to happen in that clutch moment, but instead of kicking the extra point, everyone just wants to go for two. Trendy thing right now, I guess. Taking a page out of Dan Campbell's book. They went for two. Conversion failed when Tyrod Taylor couldn't connect with a wide open Saquon Barkley. Wide open. It was short arm. Short-armed it. It's like a pitcher who has the yips trying to throw to first base. Short-armed it. And then another one where it's like, if that was a receiver, I'd say you absolutely have to catch that. But when you're throwing to a running back out the backfield, just get it to him. Come on, Tyrod. Anyway, yeah. they didn't get it. But the game wasn't over because the Giants would force a punt, get the ball back. They would drive down. Mason Crosby would miss the game-winning 54-yard field goal. And the Rams would win and clinch the sixth seed in the playoffs. Stafford. 24-34, 3-17, one touchdown, two picks. Kyron Williams, man, he just continues to dominate. He had 87 yards with three touchdowns. And Puga Nakua, five receptions, 118 yards. Well, a lot of teams regret that they passed on him going in the fifth round. He's going to set. He's on pace to break the rookie record, I think, this weekend. So he's doing his thing. So that's what's going on in the league. But what matters this week, Bump, is what the Seahawks got to do. They got to take care of business. First and foremost, down in Arizona, man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, 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 man
Man Up on Hawk Talk. All right, first matchup, got to look at the quarterback spot. Kyler Murray, um, he tore his ACL in week 14 and returned to action on November 14th. He, excuse me, week 14 of last year. That'd be crazy if he uh, made a return this year. But returned on November 12th against the Falcons, man. 335 days my man was out. And uh, Kyler Murray may deserve some credit for how he's handled this season. He uh, He got a lot of negative press. Uh, it was his attitude, the film study clause, um, leadership. He seems like that time off really helped him, and he looks healthy immensely. He looks like he's in a good place. Um, he did what he did. He did what he could to get healthy, and the way he did it, I think, um, has kind of changed the way that we look at this guy. Uh, but he had to learn a new system. There's a new offensive coordinator over there. Uh, you got Drew uh, Petzing. I'm sorry if I'm am I saying his name right, Drew Petzing. I'm unsure. Call, we'll call it good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now he hasn't been tearing it up. Uh, but last week he played pretty good against Philadelphia. Um, like we mentioned, he led them to a second half comeback. I saw the team put up 29 points, four touchdowns, 270 yards, 137 rushing, 133 passing, and 19 first downs on its final four drives. Um, Murray looked good, man. Uh, second half, he was 13 of 14 when it comes to throwing the football for 133, three touchdowns. He looked good. So we're hoping that that does not continue this weekend. But so far on the season, he's completing 64% of his passes, 1,537 yards, nine touchdowns, and five interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times. Um, interesting enough, Joshua Dobbs and Kyler Murray have very similar stats. In eight games, Dobbs had one more than Murray. Dobbs was 62% completion rate, 1,569 yards, eight touchdowns, and five interceptions. Sacked 17 times. Um, Murray did not play against the Hawks in week seven. So, um, you know, the Hawks are 27th overall defensively. They're 19th against the pass. They've allowed at least 320 yards in five of their last six games. I don't expect Kyler Murray to throw the ball all over the yard. Um, he doesn't have one receiver with a 100-yard game this year. He does have a tight end with two, though. Um, so I expect him to get McBride involved, but um, he's still working out some kinks. He, he played some good football last week, completed 80% of his passes against Philly, but uh, he's still working on some stuff. Yeah, I think that's the best he's looked this year, and you said it. You He loses his head coach who's calling the plays. You have a new offensive coordinator, new GM, a whole new system. So he's still figuring it out, mind you, also coming back from an injury hoping his knee holds up, all these kind of things. So last week was the first week we kind of really got to see him look like the Kyler Murray of old. Let's flip it over to our quarterback, Geno Smith, taking on these Cardinals defense. Geno, I think, in my opinion, like I said on the other podcast, coming off one of the best games of the year. He went 23 of 33, essentially 70%, for 290 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. He had a QB rating of 106, and I thought he just moved so well in the pocket. I thought for all the nonsense out there that people think – the narratives that they've decided about Geno because they didn't think he was going to start or whatever, that he's not agile, that he's not a good enough athlete. Nonsense. Nonsense. Anyone that's making TJ Watt fall on the ground and dive all over the place is a good athlete, good pocket presence. Geno put that on full display last week. Um, And also another cool thing, he had 25-yard scramble, and he's really cut down on the big mistakes. Obviously, he did have the fumble against the Steelers, but that was from behind. That's a sack. Really nothing you can do about that. But in terms of interceptions, he's only had two interceptions in his last six starts and now just needs 40 completions to pass Rick Meyer for fifth place on Seattle's all-time completion list with 815 after just two seasons. Now, the first game against Arizona, he was 18-24, 219, two touchdowns, and one interception. 
was sacked twice and had a QB rating of 113. So he was solid. He was pretty efficient. Just had the one turnover on some miscommunication bump, I want to say. It was the Cardinal sideline to Jake Bobo. I think there was miscommunication yep. on the route. So, yeah, he played an okay game, and hopefully he can kind of replicate some of that. On the year, he's a 65% passer, 3,435 yards, 18 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Now, on defense, this is a good matchup for the Seahawks. They, the Cardinals have struggled. They're 26 overall in defense, last against the run, 13 to get the pass, so they're decent there. But 31st in points allowed. They're 28th in sacks, so they're not really getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and they're dead last in QB. It's at 59. So that should bode well for Geno Smith, and I'm hoping he can kind of take advantage. Yeah, man, um, Geno's been solid all year, right? Numbers aren't what they were last year, but, um, man, he, he, he's been keeping these guys in the game. Let's talk about the pass catchers for the Cardinals. you got Trey McBride, Michael Wilson, and Rondell Moore. Uh, they're not the most explosive team through the air. These Arizona Cardinals are 29th, averaging 180 yards per game. But they're tied in Trey McBride, man. He, uh, he's he been having a good season. He leads the team with 78 receptions and 791 yards. Those 78 receptions are a franchise single-single record by a tight end, easily surpassing the previous mark of 56. He has joined Hall of Famer Jackie Smith as the only tight end in franchise history with 700 receiving yards this season. Him and Sam Laporta, two best rookie tight ends in the league right yep. now. Um, he's seventh in the NFL among tight ends in yards. Uh, in the first matchup against the Hawks, he had three receptions for 29 yards. Now, Marquise Brown, um, he was their number one receiver coming into the season. He was placed on IR a couple weeks ago. Hasn't had the best season. 51 receptions on 100 targets, 574 yards, and four touchdowns. But next in line is the route runner. Not the fastest guy, but Michael Wilson will run some routes. 32 receptions, the kid out of Stanford. 470 yards and three touchdowns. He's had three receptions for 26 yards, or he had three receptions for 26 yards in their first matchup. And then we got Rondell Moore. He has 36 receptions, 321 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, two receptions for two yards in the first matchup. And I want to say he was the recipient of a big hit um, from Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I remember that. Lit him up. <laughs> um, now, the lack of production might be associated with the quarterbacks that they've had. They have three quarterbacks over there. They are not the Cleveland Browns. We're going to just plug any quarterback in and you'll be good to go. They got some things working against them. Now the Hawks are 19th against the pass. Um, they have 75 passes defended on the season. That's 12th in the NFL. And Devin Witherspoon is fifth in the NFL with 16 passes defended. I like this matchup with their pass catchers and our guys in the secondary. No question about it. And it was good to see Witherspoon back out there. He just brings so much energy to this defense. And he's fifth in the NFL and passes defended, missing three games. So that just kind of shows you the impact he's had. And it was good to see him knock the rust off a little bit against Pittsburgh, but I expect him to have a big game in the season finale, regular season finale. Then let's look at the running game. Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet taking on this Cardinals front seven. And I'll just, I'll make it real easy for you guys, man. The Seahawks, bump six and oh, when they rush for hundred yards in games, easy two and eight when they don't. So, I'm hoping their prayers will be answered come Sunday. Arizona is the worst team in the NFL at stopping the run, allowing 143 yards per game. Unfortunately, the Seahawks were 29th in the NFL, averaging just 90 yards per game. So something's got to give. Right. Last, you know, Ken Walker had 10 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. He did do some good things in that game. Is kind of battling a shoulder injury, so hopefully this will be a full go and get a lot of opportunities. Zach Charbonnet only had two carries for two yards. So the thing about Walker, too, I mentioned earlier, it was his only 100-yard rushing game this season, 26 carries, 105 yards in the first matchup. 
He's got 827 yards and eight touchdowns on the season. Charbonnet's got 430 yards in one touchdown. This is a matchup to me, Bump. Run the Rock. Run the Rock and physically get after him. They're 142nd, or they give up 142 yards per game. They're dead last in the NFL. Come out and run the football. And, Bump, I'm, I'm honest. I don't even care. If there's a possession in there where we ran the ball three times and punted, that's okay. Like That's how much I want them to try to establish this run and, and get after them because – Dominate time of possession. Take care of what you can. I, I think that's a matchup where Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet can have a big day. Yeah, we need them to have a big day. You need our running backs to ball out. You need this running back to not do what he's been doing. I'm talking about their guy, James Conner. He missed four games. He's still only 110 yards away from his first 1,000-yard season ever in his career, which is uh, scary to me. I feel like he already had one or two, but uh, I, I guess not. My man's doing his thing. Um, he had his best performance of the season last week against the Cardinals. He had a buck 28 on the ground and a touchdown. Um, he also had a five yard reception. Um, he returned to the lineup against the Atlanta Falcons in week 10 after missing games, being on the IR because of injury. Um, since his return, he's been balling 526 yards, four touchdowns on 11, excuse me, 113 carries averaging 4.7 per clip, including 16, 10 plus yard runs. The Cardinals are fourth in the league when it comes to breaking tackles in a rush. Here's the thing about last week. We questioned the defense and their tackling. Guess who's number one when it comes to breaking tackles on a rush? Uh, is it James Conner? It's the Pittsburgh Steelers are number one. Mm, so okay, okay, they, they okay. went up against the best, can get it done. Now the Cardinals are fourth when it comes to breaking tackles. Mm. So hopefully they learn from that. All right. You saw the best. Now get after these dudes. And it starts with uh, with James Conner, man. We mentioned as a team, they're sixth in the NFL when it comes to running the rock, putting up 134 yards per game. So the thing that the Hawks have struggled with as of late, they're going to be tested with. Um, so we'll see how they do, man. It's going to be an interesting game, a game that's going to be intense. I wish it was at home so I could feel the crowd going nuts, but they're on the road. And, uh, you know, let's see if they can tap into some magic. And just get back to fundamental ball, man. Fundamental ball, I think they'll be okay. Just be consistent. Yeah, and let's let's be real, man. The Seahawks fans have taken over that stadium a million times every time we go down there. Now, have some bad things happen in that stadium? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But we yep. usually win most of the games down there against Arizona, so hopefully we can channel some of that. We know the 12s will be rocking down there, but we'll end the podcast telling you guys how the Seahawks get this done, path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Well, I opened the podcast talking about it. It's simple. It is do or die for the Seahawks. It is win or go home. The Seahawks need to hit the field in at State Farm Stadium with a sense of urgency, man. You want to avoid, as football players, doesn't matter what level you play at, if you play in high school, college, Division One, Two, Three, NAIA, pros, AF, XFL, whatever it is, at the end of the season, everyone knows about locker cleanout day. Gear return. It's that day. That's the worst day of any football team, any football season, because everyone knows when a football season ends, that group of guys will never be in the same place ever again at the same time. So there's some heaviness to what that day means. And let's not have it be on Monday. Please. Okay, let's go. Quiet. How do you do that bump? By shutting down the run. James Conner 
Okay. 202 yards last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers is not what this team's about. They're much better than that. I think they're going to show that on Sunday. So this game's going to be won and lost up front. So stop the run. Yep. And um, again, you said it earlier, rush for 100 yards. You are 6-0. and Let's get that done between Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. You know, throw in a little Geno, too. Man, he had a 25-yard run last week. I'm looking all young and stuff. Um, and then you got to contain the most explosive player they got. That's Kyler Murray. He's a good athlete, um, but he's coming off a knee injury. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not wishing any bad on him. I'm just saying that uh, just contain him and take the ball away. Hawks are 5-0 and when they win the turnover battle. And now you just pray. Justin Fields and the Bears get it done. You handle your business. Bears handle their business. Boom. Playoff. Simple. Simple. I've always been a big Justin Fields fan. Starting always. on Sunday. Let's this go. Ohio State. I always rooted for him. Always. 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 I watched the Netflix special with him uh, back when we were in high school. It's called like oh, uh, yeah. QB1. QB1. Yeah. No, we've, yep. been, we've been knowing Justin Fields for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. The Seahawks got a win to get into the playoffs. Need some help from the Bears to beat the Packers. This has been Hawk Talk. Reminder, you can catch us anywhere at Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, and more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to hit us with a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. Next time Bump and I talk to you, hopefully it will be next week, getting ready for a playoff game in Dallas. Till next time, he's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nassachobi. This has been Hawk Talk.